Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, it is somehow May, and there's still no baseball. But we're still here talking about uh, the lack of baseball, or perhaps we're talking about the potential for baseball. Things starting to maybe move a little bit, starting to be a little bit of more things that seem a bit more plausible. Still inadvisable, but plausible. But it's, we're getting closer, and and the the person who with whom I am the closest in the entire span of people who are on this podcast right now, yeah, even though we are physically that, yeah. distant, <laughs> he joins me. He joins me as always. Uh, old reliable, old reliable, Mister Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm I'm well. I'm well enough. You know, muddling along, as we all are. I feel, but uh, yeah, we're muddling along. I'm muddling along. I'm looking at my getting work. We're, we're working from home. We're sitting at kitchen tables, breaking our backs and wrists and things, having a good time. If you want a, if you want a you desk, know, you, you don't have the of, old standing desk at home. No, I don't. I have a standing desk. I, I'm standing up when I record this. I have a little like platform thing that I put the mic on. But it's. I mean, I could stand up. Maybe I'll try it tomorrow. I don't know. It's a little awkward to type on. And because then I can't use the mouse because I use a I like to use a mouse at work because I do a lot of like like Adobe stuff and it's uh, using a trackpad for like Photoshop this, and After Effects and stuff. Th- it's no this good. this brings up a memory I haven't had for a while. Hmm. Uh, tell me if I'm right or wrong here. But when we were when we were in uh, Shapiro's office and we had him on the podcast, Mark Shapiro, Blue Jays president, mm-hmm. as as the folks the folks know, was he trying to like. Was he like trying to push his particular brand of of standing desk? Was that a thing that happened? Because you guys definitely talked about the desk. I think and he did. I think, I think he was like. I think he was like. Yeah, it's actually it's like a good price. They'll deliver. Like was was definitely because he has like, like he has like the electric up and down one. Like you just put hit the hit the button and it slides up and down. It's not uh, like bookcase commissioner of the Big carts. Ten. Yeah, you better uh, you better. Have that. <laughs> uh, we can also talk about Mark Shapiro on this edition of Birds All Day. But before we talk about to Mark Shapiro, you know what I think we should do? We should talk to Jamie Campbell. Jamie Campbell. Host of Blue Jay Central on Sportsnet, former play-by-play guy for your Toronto Blue Jays on on Sportsnet way back in the day. Now, um, truly, and uh, sh- not, not shockingly, but like un- unabashedly, one of the nicest guys in the world. Hundred percent, hundred percent, like the nicest dude. Uh, and he's doing some great great things with uh, conquer COVID nineteen, uh, and he's also doing great things. Calling your mom, he's calling your mom, he's calling your grandma, <laughs> he's going to visit your That's- niece. That sounds yeah okay. I, I just thought that was like that's like the punchline to a joke. Yeah, it's like it's like the Hurley boy calling your mom. Do you remember, do you remember the Hurley boy from uh, from like the old Adam Sandler, uh, Chris Farley bit? I I I am of that age. You are of that age. Most people yeah. listen to this probably not. Nonetheless, we talked to Jimmy Campbell and it was really really great. So we'll do that, and we'll also do some other birds all day stuff. I don't know what else we're going to talk to. Yeah, the, uh, do you feel like this is there's some momentum? Maybe the, like things are things might be kind of happening. In terms of the the playing of the baseball, I felt that last week maybe more than I do this week, and and you know I don't, I don't know. We got the KBOs going. It, KBO is going. You know, everybody loves the Korean we, we baseball to organization. Do, <laughs> we don't need to do it. Where we do every week, but it's I don't know. You, you do tend to look towards our southern shores and wonder <laughs> just how much of a fucking fantasy any of this talk is. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully well, look, it's done. Hopefully it's done ethically. You know, hopefully they're not stealing tests from people, stealing PPE from people who actually still need it on the front lines because this isn't over. You know, you don't want you don't want to see them come back in that sort of scenario. You don't want to see them come back when it's if it's if the if if the wherever they are isn't ready for it, but. You get a sense that maybe that won't stop them anyway. <laughs> that's the thing, yeah. That's the thing. Um, uh, we, uh, well, I forgot that we – I didn't forget the KBO. I, have you been able to watch any of the KBO? Have you been watching any of the Korean baseball games yet? I have been able to. I have. I must say I have not watched any of them. I, ha- I haven't taken much of an opportunity. The time change is um, real. Like it is 12 or 13 hours depending on what the what's going on with Daylight Savings. Um, yeah, it's like that's that's my wheelhouse normally. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but I did. Alas, it, it, I have not. If they had the good sense to run their games in the middle of the day here, like for example, I haven't watched any live Korean baseball, but I did watch a West Ham Millwall match from t- 2012 today. 
uh, which was stuff. being premiered on YouTube. Harry Kane lining up in Millwall's front, uh, like uh, as, a, in a stri- as a striker for Millwall. Harry Kane. Who knew? You know, it was- that, that Millwall Academy with the the pipeline there. He, Harry Kane made 22 appearances for Millwall, and that was one of them. Uh, he was just like on loan there as before he became like a really, really like world class striker. Who knew? Um, also, that that Millwall uh, West Ham match was from when West Ham was in the championship for that year. And they brought in big Sam Allardyce and he dragged them up <laughs> by playing like hideous, uh, like offensive football. Big, but that match Sam, was yeah. on Sportsnet World. I, I called before and like ordered Sportsnet World. And then as soon, like basically as they were blowing the whistle, I tried to cancel it. I was like, I don't want Sportsnet World anymore, but I still had to pay for a month. But uh, it was worth it. It was 100% worth it. I, if, if there was a pay-per-view option, I would have done that instead. So before we, so we'll, we'll talk, maybe we'll talk about the KBO. I don't know. I saw Kim Hyun Soo hit a home run, like a really cheap opposite field home run. Korea, the ball, it still flies. Um, so we'll talk, we could talk maybe about some KBO. Probably not. We'll talk about the plausibility of there being some baseball, almost for sure. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you all the things you need to, knew, need to know about how to subscribe to the show. I haven't done that. I haven't done that like soft sell, which of course is to say that you can subscribe to the show on any podcast uh, spot of your choice. If you want to do it on uh, Apple Podcasts, you want to do it on Spotify, you want to do it on, I don't know, Stitcher or Overcast, you can. Free. Everybody. Uh, athletic subscriber or otherwise, make sure you subscribe. Hit a like. Give us a rating. If you are a Rockies fan who's listening to this because we talked to Larry Walker last week, awesome. Welcome. Uh, I don't expect you to last. But if you do... Hit that subscribe button. But of course, I say if you are not an athletic subscriber, I really think you should be. And if you go to theathletic.com slash birds all day, you can become an athletic subscriber for a uh, low, low discounted price for the year. So check that out. Subscribe to the, the subscribe to the show. As I said, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Jamie Campbell on this edition of Birds All Day. All right. As previously mentioned, it is our pleasure at this time to be joined by the host of Blue Jay Central on Sportsnet by a man who is putting some serious kilometers on a Volvo right now in an attempt to conquer COVID. It is our pleasure to be joined by Jamie Campbell. Jamie, thank you so much uh, for making the time to join us. Well, Drew, it's my pleasure. It you know I haven't been on with you guys before, and I was under the impression that maybe I should crack a, a cold beer for this conversation. So. You know, you I could. may still oh, do yeah. that oh, yeah. halfway through. Feel free. I'm I'm on the uh, I'm on, I'm a, on the sparkling water these days. I'm always <laughs> all the sparkling water. I'm an aficionado. I got like five different brands going on uh, at all times. Uh, first question before we get before we start asking you more about uh, Conquer COVID, which is an amazing, uh, amazing, amazing initiative and something that's so much uh, fun to talk about. Uh, what's the range? What kind of range are you getting on that plug-in Volvo? You, you're you're motoring along pretty good there. Not getting stuck having to plug it into. Yes, no. My first ever hybrid experience has been very, very good. And I have been to, I think, 12 or 13 different cities and towns in this province in the last three weeks. So it has covered a lot of ground. Plug-in hybrid. I I don't know why I didn't go that way. But what is it that you're doing? I think think people who follow you on Twitter can see the amazing work you're doing. But if people don't know, what is it you're doing in this beautiful hybrid vehicle driving all over Hell's Half Acre, including Peterborough, Ontario, uh, to conquer COVID? I I got a good look at Peterborough, and it's not the first time. Um, Beautiful city, one of several I've been to, and it all came from volunteering with uh, Haley Wickenheiser's initiative with a a grassroots organization called Conquer COVID-19. And they were just a group of people who decided to band together and try and figure out a way of getting PPE into the hands of our frontline workers in this province and by extension, the country. And I immediately volunteered when I heard about it um, and volunteered to take the long distance drives. Everything I do is, is outside the GTA and beyond three hours. So I've had the pleasure of being in Iroquois Falls and Timmins and Espanola and Peterborough and Cornwall and most recently Kingston and Belleville and Bowmanville. And it's been an absolute pleasure getting really, really important equipment out to our frontline people because ultimately it's they who will flatten this curve and get us all back to the lives we're accustomed to living. It's amazing. And you're, you're absolutely right. And it's, um, it's, 
it's incredible that uh, that there's these shortages, but it's also so enheartening, I think, in some ways to see that there are people who are able to donate, people, companies, whomever it is from across the province and across the city. Uh, what, is the, what are the interactions like when you're able to go to these places? I mean, I'm sure that their physical distancing is, is in place, but uh, but when you get there and you're seeing these people, you know, it must be just a lot of excitement and appreciation, I'm sure. The best interaction I had initially was with a paramedic in Timmins. And the reason I joined Conquer COVID-19 in the first place is because I saw a tweet from him saying that they desperately needed PPE up there. And I spent a portion of my teenage years in that area and always wanted to give back to that city in particular. So I responded to his tweet and said, you tell me what you need. I'll get it organized with Conquer COVID-19 and I'll drive it up myself. And so when I did make that initial eight-hour drive north and landed in Timmins and came by um, the EMS facility and dropped that stuff off, he and I had a nice long chat from a distance. And on my way out, I was headed for the hospital as well. He was in tears because I'm not so sure he thought that I would actually follow through on my promise to go up there. And that's one of the best things about this for me is being able to see so many people who love Blue Jays baseball and see them in person. And the beauty of social media for me is that now I can reach out to some of these people as I travel and say, hey, I'm going to be in your town. I'm going to be there briefly. I'm stopping for lunch. I'm stopping to get gas. I'm stopping to deliver PPE. If you know somebody that needs a, a quick visit, somebody who can uh, can wave at me from the front door or needs a coffee or a hot chocolate, I took hot chocolate to some kids most recently just outside of Timmins. Um, I have the time. There's no baseball season right now. I can pull up in your driveway and and uh, <laughs> extend a hand or a bat. I carry one in the back of the car and uh, and say hello. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure for me to participate. And it's one of the grateful things about the job I have is that I can, in fact, reach out to these people and offer my assistance in some way. That's amazing. And there's so many people. Baseball is this kind of connective tissue, I think. People from all walks of life, people from all uh, professions. You know, a paramedic, that's an incredibly stressful job. And, and to have um, that connection to you and then for you to be able to kind of close that loop and, and make that connection uh, in person. I, I can only imagine how much that means. So on behalf of all these people whose lives you're touching, I, I'll say thank you to you because it's making a huge difference. And again, those paramedics in particular, they need uh, they need so much stuff. And so it's 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 great to see uh, you're, you taking the time and making eight hours to Timmins, Timmins, Ontario yeah. of all places. You know, and I appreciate that, Drew. I try to remind people there's nothing that I'm doing that puts me at risk. It's the people that I'm delivering to who are the ones that are going into the long-term care facilities mm -hmm. and showing up at homes after they've had to respond to a call or going into an operating room, wearing the stuff that I'm delivering. Um, and, and those are the people that are, are obviously doing uh, the hard work, um, the risky stuff. And um, it's the best I can do to show my appreciation to them is to get that stuff to them. So I appreciate what you're saying. Now, beyond delivering PPE, uh, which is uh, obviously vital in and of itself, but you are all have also been reaching out to to Blue Jays fans who might just want to say hello. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, with the job that you have and, and being on camera, being you know in the play by play chair, being on on Blue Jays Central, you've been a, a, a big part of people's summers for a long time. Uh, what what brought this about? You're calling people, you're calling their kids, you're calling their grandparents, you're calling their their brothers. Uh, this must be something that probably selfishly you get a lot out of, I think. I think what I, I'm saying is I you're get, selfish for doing this. Well, I get a lot out of it. And I first discovered the, um, the joy of doing it years ago when I was at a bar in Saskatoon and somebody came up to me and said, hey, my grandfather absolutely loves Blue Jay baseball. And I said, let's give him a call right now. And I'll <laughs> never forget the reaction. I think it was close to midnight in Saskatoon. I'll never forget the reaction when we called him and it stuck with me that a simple phone call to people sometimes can go a long, long way. And so the moment I realized we were all going to be confined in this manner, especially seniors, especially people who are scared and vulnerable, and especially, as you both know, um, an aspect of the population that makes up a large portion 
<laughs> of our viewing audience because mm-hmm. um, if there's one thing I know about people over 60 or 65 in this country, they love to sit back and either listen to or watch baseball in the summertime. So it's been very easy for me to say to people on Twitter, hey, I'll call your grandparents or your parents. Uh, the calls have been unbelievably receptive and fascinating. I've been documenting every single one of them. And uh, what I have learned is that the telephone is a really cool form of communication. We seem to have forgotten about it in the modern era of, of texting and messaging mm-hmm. and Instagram and Twitter. It's, it's kind of neat to be able to pick up a phone and talk to somebody for 15 or 20 minutes. I'm going to get you to call my mom. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to hit you up when we're done with this. Uh, Just send me a number. I'll be happy to. <laughs> uh, no, that's super cool. But it, it does bring me to the next part, which is uh, your, the role of baseball, uh, Blue Jays Central, uh, where you kind of have uh, so many different audiences. As you said, there's there's these there are um, seniors, people that love to, to tune in. Well, what do you feel like when when you and, and Joe and, and, and the producers are, are talking about, you know, finding that, I guess... Uh, trying to get your take on the kind of balance that you need to strike on the set and with the, with the content that you do between like, you know, you got Joe, you can break somebody's swing down. You could do all that kind of like nuts and bolty stuff, but also you want to make sure that you're able to connect with, that, with those other members of the audience who might not be as, you know, wonky as Stoughton and I. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, but we appreciate that wonkiness, right? Because mm-hmm. if you want to dive deep into things, it's great to be able to read things that, that guys like you can write and have, um, not only a passion for, but a, but a, a real understanding of, so that um, those who love baseball for that very reason, and analytics has become such an important part of the game in recent years, and it's fostered this entirely new generation of interested viewers, just as the reasons I fell in love with the game are a slightly more romantic and maybe a little more historic, um, just as people fall in love with it for every other reason, whether it's because their dad took them to a game for the first time or they used to play catch on the front lawn with their mom or you know they had a crush on Kelly Gruber or whatever it might have been <laughs> that brought them into the love of baseball, there is always a reason. And I always think about that whenever we are planning a daily episode of Blue Jay Central is how do we speak to the audience? How do we know who they are? Because based on information I get, they can range anywhere from the age of, say, six, seven, or eight, right on up to 88 and 98. So if if we're diving deep into analytics or breaking down swings, we sometimes have to be careful about how we do that so that it's, it's, it's properly explaining it to somebody who might be young or might be new to the game. It's, um, it's something we're constantly aware of, um, but I think it's nearly impossible to tailor a single show any day, any time to a very, very broad audience. You, you have to sometimes cater in sections. It's, a, it's an interesting question that you ask because I think about it almost daily. Like, are we paying enough attention to uh, advanced metrics? Are we paying enough attention here to just a good story? Have we delivered the news properly, concisely, and clearly? It's, uh, it's something that I deal with daily. It, it is interesting, and it's something that is that has evolved over time. I mean, we Stoughton and I had uh, we had Larry Walker on the show last week, and it's the sort of thing where he doesn't care about advanced metrics, but they're, right. they're yeah. but they but they but they work in his favor. So I feel like whenever that, that's that balance to strike is like, how can we help people understand what a valuable contributor Larry Walker is without overwhelming them with numbers and 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 i i think that uh, obviously you guys uh, you do a great job because you're able to build these relationships with um with all the with those fans from from 8 to 88 well think about it we had you know we had a manager in toronto recently that that couldn't have cared less about uh about numbers and <laughs> and metrics and and all the uh the juicy little details and intriguing aspects that are available to every player and every fan now uh, and and mm-hmm. and i think we love john gibbons for that reason, because he was don't, so darn simple. And, and as he liked to say, I just I see the game and I react to it. Um, it it's fascinating that there are just so many different ways of viewing the game. And mm-hmm. we all get to pick the way we want it to be and the way that intrigues us the most. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, as you have both found out in, in your writings and such, that, you know, you, you can't always... You can't always please everyone all the time, I guess, is the best way to sum it up. Mm. 
I think you're right. And I, I think one thing that a lot of the, the metrics, especially as they, as they evolve and a lot of the numbers and the ways that people are able to crunch them. One thing that I'm seeing a lot is that a lot of the John Gibbons types and some of the older school types, they were right all along. <laughs> they, yeah. they had it. They, 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 it, it was maybe innate. Maybe it was just sort of like they had a, a, a way to, to see it from a, from kind of a 10,000 foot view. But a lot of those, those old guys, they, they, they would write every minute of the time. It's just, it was maybe the delivery that we missed out on. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. And it's fun to, to look back on how we assessed um, player performance all those years ago i still think back to simply looking at the back of of a baseball card in the late 70s when i first realized how much this game meant to me and thinking how darn important that three digit number was there under the average category and and it's okay that this person doesn't have double digit home runs because they're a, a defensive minded shortstop and they're not supposed to hit for power and and RBIs were kind of a big deal, but maybe they're not such a big deal anymore. And and pitcher wins were so important, right? And mm-hmm. and now well, maybe they're not as important because they might be playing for a really good team and their team piles up lots of runs and all they have to do is go five or six innings to get that W. So um, I love it. It's what makes this game spectacular. It's the kind of thing that's sparked a thousand debates. And uh, I'm going to, I don't know, start one with you here, but obviously there's no baseball but mm-hmm. what what were you, what was your sense of the team coming into what would have been or what would will be probably eventually the 2020 season uh you know the blue jays played good baseball kind of down the stretch when they had much of their young core in place did you think that that was kind of maybe indicative of, of how you thought saw the jays in 2020 yeah i did what i liked about this team i think was best summarized by Bo Bichette, when he learned that they'd signed Hinjin Ryu, and he immediately called um, Kevin Biggio or texted him. I don't know if he phoned him or texted him. He's 21. He did not call him. He texted him. I probably didn't phone him. Right, yes. I I should remember what generation he's part of. Um, And said something to the effect of, this is on. Like, this is now the organization taking this seriously, you know, this is be- this is the beginning of something great and i i love that kid in particular for his attitude and his attitude is we're ready as a group of young players who have sort of risen through the system together whether it's him and Biggio and uh and Vladdy and to a lesser degree Nate Pearson who's been a little further behind and a little bit of Danny Jansen and and so on and and the fact that they firmly believe that they actually may own that clubhouse now. There are a few players that have a, a fair bit of experience in that clubhouse, but it seems to be those kids who have, have kind of taken over. I like that. And I like the fact that they don't really think that they have to learn much more before they want to be competitive. They're going to have some hard lessons, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they truly believe, as a young group that has, has been developed and drafted and come up together that they are capable of reaching a point very soon where they'll be competitive. And I, and I keep telling people who keep asking me about, well, what do you think a shortened season would do to the Blue Jays? And I say, well, what it might do is you might find that some of these kids won't have to experience the inevitable slump of a 162-game se- season where they go in an, into an 0 for 25 and, and aren't sure how to get out of it. And maybe in a sprint to the finish of 60 or 65 games, you don't see that kind of thing. Um, I can't say that for certainty, but it would be fun to watch. That's for sure. Absolutely. You don't have to necessarily worry about, I mean, it's just a matter of having enough good things come together at the right time. There's not as much time. That's, that's, I guess, the kind of the great leveler of a baseball season is that, that kind of good luck or some good bounces, they, they'll kind of find their way onto somebody else over 162 mm-hmm. games and 650 plate appearances. But if you're talking with 300 plate appearances, you know, we've, we've seen, you know, great chunks of, you know, Kevin Biggio, a guy who, who some people maybe are still trying to figure out what kind of big leaguer he can be. But if he could be what he was over, you know, a small chunk, do replicate that small chunk again. Next thing you know, they're playing in the wild card game. In well, in a way comparable to what the Washington Nationals were for a very brief but very very successful period last year during mm, mm-hmm. the postseason, where there were so many people that wouldn't for a second have thought of them as a World Series contender, 
if they were going to be facing the Dodgers and then ultimately either Houston or New York. But everything seemed to come together. How anybody couldn't take them seriously, given that pitching staff is beyond me. But, <laughs> but the fact that there weren't that many superstar players afield beyond the pitcher's mound um, was probably one of the reasons why people didn't take them as seriously as, say, the star-studded Dodgers or the Yankees or, or maybe even those, those dastardly people from Houston. Um, and, and that's why I love watching a scenario whereby one team just finds it right away and they roar through October as they seem to. And maybe in a regular season that's only 65, 70, 75 games, a team like the Blue Jays could do something like that and then suddenly find themselves, oddly enough, in a wild card situation or, Lord help us, even a division title. I, I, you know, might as well dream big. Jamie Campbell predicts Blue Jays to win the 2020 yeah. American League no, East. I, Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? COVID-19. What, what, what's on his mind? <laughs> it, it, I mean, there, it's a season with not a lot of expectations, right? So, yeah, dream big. I mean, because if, if they don't do that, everyone will just be like, well, it's a, you know, it's a growing season, whatever. We can, we can deal with that, too. Uh, they're kind of at that at that point, like you say, bringing up the Ryu signing and how they're they're like, oh, yeah, it's on. Let's go. Uh, where, you know, the they could also there's going to be some failure ahead, too, which is, I, I think, an interesting aspect of it. I, I know that, you know, like Bichette Guerrero had a bit of a struggle last year. Bichette has rarely has he ever failed as a player like that's that's going to mm-hmm. be an interesting thing to watch, I think, going forward, like how they cope with with. You know, it's it's kind of tough. <laughs> the American yeah. East, I feel. Well, and and with all due respect to Hinjin Ryu, if 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 there is a season this year, their best pitcher will start the season without <laughs> you know any any um, um, you know tutoring in Triple A because I, look, Nate Pearson was the best pitcher in spring training all two weeks of it, or you know whatever it ended up being. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at this point I would see no reason for him to have to, I mean, are they even going to have a minor league season for goodness sakes, if we get mm. this thing started or what's going to happen to all of these triple A and double A players, who knows? But frankly, if they're going to play a 70 game season or 80 game season, um, Nate Pearson should probably be in that rotation from the beginning. You don't have to worry about, uh, uh, service time. You don't have to worry about, you know, making sure he's broken in and he gets a little bit of time in Triple A before he comes up and joins the rotation in late May. It's that time has come and gone. I, I, I think you'll probably see a, an entirely different rotation than the one that was planned for in the early in the early parts of March. Mm-hmm. So. The best yeah. transaction that the Blue Jays can make would be the elimination of the Super Two deadline. You know, if, if yeah. they're playing a short <laughs> yeah. short season, yeah. they're like, "No, no Super Two this year." It's like, "All right, here we go." Yes, Nate Pearson yes. starting an opening day. Well, I think uh, we've reached that point, haven't we? I, I, w- I think we would be at we would be Very past close. the Super Two deadline, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jamie, we don't want to take any more of your time. You've probably got uh, some weird corner of Ontario to drive to tomorrow in your, <laughs> in your beautiful Volvo. But we appreciate all the things you're doing to deliver that PPE. We do the people in those communities, the and and the the frontline and essential workers who are who who need it so desperately. Um, uh, Anything else that people need to know about conquer uh, conquer COVID nineteen? If they have PPE to donate, is there is there a way that you can you, they can get it to you or to the organization? Yeah, they absolutely can. There are still some collection drives, uh, so if they find the website or the Twitter handle conquer COVID nineteen, they can get information there. Um, the easiest and best way to actually get it into the hands of people is to spend ten bucks on that uh, boring T shirt that they're promoting, because all ten dollars. <laughs> of that not a 9.95 not 9.90 it all goes to the purchase of ppe and the subsequent delivery of ppe so uh, that's the quickest and fastest way to get it into people's hands and and anybody that does that we're grateful awesome jamie thank you so much for your time uh hopefully we'll be seeing you back on blue jay central in not too long into the future if not, then at a pub somewhere in Peterborough. Thanks for having me. We'll see you at the piggy. Man, yeah. We'll be at the pig's ear. We'll see you there. I'll, I'll be there. You tell me when and I'll be there. Awesome. Jamie Campbell, everybody. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot to Jamie Campbell for talking with us. We're going to get right back to a little bit more of Birds All Day. But before we do that, if you're bored in the house, bored in the house, bored, why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their Lawnmower 
3.0. Precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Shaving is about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag $39 value and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC, all one word. All right, so that was such a nice chat with Jamie Campbell. Shout out to him for doing uh, so much uh, good, uh, doing what he can. Um, you know, he, uh, you, I, we're not doctors, we're not virologists, but uh, every little bit counts. So again, if you if you are able to donate some PPE, if you have some kicking around, if you've got some unused and unopened um, masks or gowns or anything like that, you can uh, find out how to do it through COVID-19, through Conquer COVID-19. Like he said, you can just, any probably any of your local municipality, the city, Toronto, any of those places, they're all accepting donations as well. So if you have some stuff and you want to give, or if you have some money, that'll always go a long way as well. Now, some people who might be needing PPE are professional baseball players because apparently they're going to force them the hell back to work. No, that's that's not exactly true, but it definitely seems like the ground is moving in a way to sort of make this happen sooner rather than later. There were some there were some reports, some of that were then later refuted. I think Trevor Plouffe, former big leaguer, was like, they're starting on July 1st. And then yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, 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 they're not, that's not happening. And then it's definitely not happening on July 1st. But but some clubs apparently have been told to like start to get ready. And, and you know, we're seeing it in other sports as well here in North America and the United States where they're kind of getting the gears slowly turning, get people back to training, get people... Um, in the same vicinity, you know, even the even some of the municipalities, city of Toronto said they've kind of taken their message away from stay inside, but now it's still like just go out and but make sure you keep your distance. Um, I don't know that we're ready for it, but people are losing their fucking mind, so they got to do something. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, what do you make of this? I mean, you know, we've got Jeff Jeff Passan, you got uh, you got uh, Rosenthal, Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic here, um, kind of. Put, maybe like suggesting that their that their groundwork has been laid. I'm like, I don't know. Do you believe it? Is there any of this stuff to be believed? Is any of this stuff going to happen? Uh, well, those those are two kind of different questions. Like, I mean, I yeah. believe that there's groundwork being laid. I believe that there's people out there who are like, okay, like how? And I think I said this last week that there's a percentage of oh, I forget what league they were talking about. I think it was the NHL. It was, but there there like there was a percentage of of games that had to be played in order for the TV contract to be validated mm-hmm. in whatever example I'm thinking of. And I would imagine that there are uh, similar provisions in the way that the leagues deal with, you know, ESPN, TBS, all the, you know, the, the national networks, which, you know, teams are like making money before they have a fan go through the turnstiles because of these TV contracts, basically. Uh, or, you know, they would never admit that, but, but, they, but like, but those are, are, extremely lucrative and i'm sure that they are uh there are people whose job it is to ensure that you know they they don't lose that gigantic chunk of revenue for this year like defaulting on it by not producing a televisable product so you know there's there's no doubt in my mind that there's like pressure uh to to explore it but you know yeah like 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 we said last week or this whole you know the whole way like I I still don't know how they're going to do. Like, what happens? Like, one player tests positive for COVID nineteen. What what happens to the league then? You know, it's it's. Uh, I, I, well, we we will see. But I mean, I think I understand why they're putting, you know, the, why the wheels are in motion. Why they're like, just taking steps to be ready, just in case that that's going to be able to be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there does certainly seem to be like some pretty big hurdles that will need to be cleared before they can do it without being, you know, hopelessly irresponsible. No, it's true. And I mean, you, you, well, I don't know the positive sign, but there was the, the story, I think it might've been earlier this week that, that the league is preparing to like put uh package together, try to work alongside the union to make sure that they can kind of come to an agreement 
to to move forward because you know Colin McHugh, who's now uh, you know plays for the Red Sox, um, has kind of voiced his some concerns uh, again because there are the players or the, those who would kind of be forced to essentially violate uh, the physical distancing re- regulations that are put in place for good reason. The players who are going to be you know uh, the ones kind of put at risk, so to speak. Um, uh, do they have to do it? Like, are they, they if they have reservations, are they going to have the option to to decline? Are they going to be penalized? Are they going to lose their contracts? Are they going to get paid? Like, what's how's this all going to work? And and I think that the union has to hear and 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 find that balance of the concerns that some players may have if they are older players, if they are players with with more with younger kids or with lots of kids or with like multi-generational families living, whatever it might be. There's a million different uh, variables that it's going to have. It's going to be difficult to make sure that to get everybody's interests aligned beyond we all need to get paid. But because, <laughs> right. because they, you know, while, while they are playing baseball in, uh, in Korea, Korea has, South Korea has, has achieved many things that are not yet in place in, in the United States. And in Canada, in terms of contact tracing, in terms of testing, in terms of uh, 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 what about the, there's the other big factor that's just slipped my mind. But like those are the big ones, right? Testing and contact tracing, and, and the ability to 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 recognize these things straight away. Where the United States, in particular, they're not doing that. They have they are seeing they are not even yet seeing a decline in cases. And the other thing we're seeing is that when in places where they're trying to force themselves open, people are staying away. So while these games will be played without fans, that same feeling has got to be about if if someone says you got to go back to work now when you work with in a in a small space of twenty five other uh, people plus coaches who are of all ages. That was the point that Colin McHugh made that some of the, the coaches are, are older; they're in at risk groups. Guys like you know we've talked about it before. Trey Mancini just is just got getting over cancer. Clay Buckles had cancer when he was you know ten or fifteen years ago. Like these are these are all people who are now suddenly in at risk groups diabetes and, and asthma um so now you're forcing these people into while you know made it made the best that it can be um there's still huge risks but you know they want to play people want to play the, a lot of players obviously want to go play I, I don't know it's just it's so complex and mm-hmm. and so many of us want it to be simple and want it to be able to be something you can just ram through with force of will and desire and money but i i still struggle to see how they can just force this to happen before it's time yeah and it's you know it reminds me of first of all like watching canada as well but mostly you know watching the united states just different states having different responses and 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 different instincts and different uh priorities you know that's going to be repeated throughout the league right i i was uh i was doing some research because now i'm apparently a fucking historian as my job uh but i was doing i was researching a piece the other night and uh i'd forgotten about this but i came across uh like a newspaper archive article that was talking about uh going into 1995 when it was unclear whether there were going to be scab uh players like uh, replacement players or Mm -hmm. what was going to go on there and the jays pissed off a lot of people a lot of other teams uh, a lot of other owners, uh, because Beeston, perhaps, perhaps due to his relationship with Cito, who you know, obviously they, you know, they, they're friends and and a lot of mutual respect there, uh, said that the Blue Jays coaching staff, they're not gonna, they're not gonna touch replacement players. Like we're we're taking it out of their hands whether they, you know, come back as the manager of the of the group of guys who are breaking the union. Uh, which was a measure that no other team had taken, at least to that point, to the point of where I'd read the article. And they were, you know, the Sal Bando, I think, was uh, was speaking, was the GM of the Brewers or was speaking on behalf of the Brewers, uh, which obviously was probably the most hardline ownership team, given who, you know, was their owner at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was, you know, was upset about it. And it was not the only ownership group that, that felt that way, that the Blue Jays were, you know, to doing wrong by their attempt to have a monolithic front on this by by saying hey Cito, uh, Galen Cisco whatever you guys don't have to uh you know dirty your hands in this in this replacement players business and kind of uh and and I I wonder I would expect that there are going to be teams 
if they try to have a monolithic approach the same way this time, there are going to be teams that are like, hell yeah, like shooting guns off, yelling freedom and, and opening up the <laughs> stadium and other teams that are like, this is a real fucking bad idea and we shouldn't do it. And it's going to, and, and also it plays differently in different markets. I mean, it will play differently in Toronto than it would in other markets. I think uh, where we are less of a freedom loving people. Uh, damn, Paul Beeson, go on Chapo. <laughs> Who knew? Who right? knew? Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Bernie <laughs> Bernie would have worn no socks. Paul Beeson, I'm so impressed. Um, I, I, but I think I think the bigger issue is that some ways this some of the stuff might be out of their hands um, when mm-hmm. it comes to what states may allow, what states may uh, what what different jurisdictions may may permit. And I think that that kind of brings us to the next point, which is that if this does happen. If they kind of barrel ahead with just shy of reckless abandon as they try to start get the season going again, uh, Blue Jays fans or Toronto itself may be fucked because they won't be able to to come here and play. They're not going to even even uh, playing at the Rogers Center in front of no fans. Uh, it's going to take a changing of the laws and essentially the opening of the border to allow people to. To, to move from the United States into Canada and then move back out in the in a, over three or four days or if the Blue Jays have a 10-day homestand, that's still not a, a, the length of, a, of the, the quarantine period that we're still um, uh, required if you travel to Canada from any other country. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's an issue. Obviously, they're going to have to find a temporary home. I mean, uh, Shai Davidi wrote about that this week. I think probably a lot of people would have read this. Uh, over at Sportsnet, and you know, just attempting to 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 help us wrap our heads around the logistics of it, and it, it, you know, and he's talking to multiple levels of government, obviously, or talking about them, uh, because yeah, and that's you know, that's one team, one city. Uh, it's just exactly what you said. It's just it's it's all very complex, and you know, I. I I think we I think we talked about this before. I don't know. It doesn't matter. A time doesn't really exist anymore. Time is just a figment of imagination <laughs> as we've all as we've all really I think discovered. It's sort of like money, except it turns out some people still still believe in that. Uh but you know, obviously money is just uh also a figment of our imagination. We just the the the, the money printer goes brr. Um But yeah, it, it's it's just it's it's really complicated. And I've, I lost my train of thought thinking about memes. <laughs> well, so the, in Shai's piece, he, he suggests that the Blue Jays would would or have been <laughs> investigating the the idea of playing in Dunedin at the uh, at the, the the spring training ballpark, um, where they can play with no fans. There, they don't have to worry about travel. No fans is no fans. Doesn't really matter, I guess, where they play. Well, that's that's I think the thing, right? Like, but know. the one thing I will say though, something that is my um, glass half empty sort of brain has gotten to, which is to say if the season's already going to be maybe compressed and, and, and I have the, the concept of having to play a certain amount of games to achieve the full payout for whatever cable thing has kind of allowed me to abandon the, the dream that they aren't going to just force so many games into the schedule just to get them in there, uh, which I think would be a mistake, but this seems like that one that everyone's happy, happy to make. But if the Blue Jays are then playing baseball games outdoors in August in Central Florida without a roof, uh, they're going to get a lot of rain. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of like yeah. games that are going to be banged. So then maybe is the next step okay? Well, they'll be do playing games at, at the Trop, right? Is that is that the the eventual solution? Um, this is this Jesus is Christ. This is not something yeah, that maybe. this is not in Shy's piece. I don't want to put those words in anybody's mouth. Oh my god! But like. If you're if if they say okay we're ready to go for the Fourth of July or or a couple of days later earlier weeks again you're still playing baseball everyone who's who's watched the Blue Jays game when they're playing in in uh, a Tropicana Field has has recall can recall a time where they've joked on the air about how you can hear the lightning and thunder through the stadium like the game mics are picking it up um, they don't have the roof at Dunedin it's a spring training you know high A ballpark. Uh, so that only is going to complicate things a little bit. But again, those are like the small things that you can figure out down the road. The Blue Jays being you know, the it's home. Also t- it's also terrifying. Just, you know, it really sucks a lot of the fun out of it. I was 
Can you not, hold on? I was not caring. Yes, please. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, stop me if you can get your mind around this. Imagine playing games at Tropicana Field without any fans there. What would that be like? <laughs> but I, but Blue Jays. I mean, you know, uh, I say this understanding that we're speaking in relative terms. Like, yeah, to suck the fun out of the forced comeback of sports during a global pandemic. You know, maybe maybe it wasn't that fun in the first place. Uh, but, you know, hypothetically, I think you're absolutely right about Tropicana Field because, you know, the Jays will be able to then, you know, if this progresses, you have a base of operations in Dunedin. That's where they want to be anyway. That's, you know, they have their facilities there. They have their employees there. A lot of guys live there. I mean, that that would be a real natural thing to just share the trop with the Rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, when we were first talking about it, I'm like, well, who, care? who cares if they're playing behind closed doors? It doesn't really bother me where they're playing. And now I'm I'm thinking... Oh wait, no! It absolutely does bother me. I don't. I don't think people are going to want to watch Blue Jays home games from the Trop, especially if you know they don't have a a, a a stunning surprise season where they you know they they arrive two years too early. Uh, if there's a lot of losses, man, that's going to get grim. Yeah, that gets grim in a hurry. Now, wh- one thing I do think though, if they do play games at Tropicana Field. Mm. it'll be it'll be behind closed doors no fans uh permitted to enter and 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 watch just like a regular race game. as usual yes one the guy though i think that they should smuggle that leather lung guy that used to sit behind the plate and, like heckle eric Hinsky. <laughs> let him come let him come and shriek his hellish banshee screams for the entire game with not a single other person in the stadium. I would pay to watch that. I would pay to watch that guy. Hey, Eric, whatever. <laughs> that, that, that guy, I want him there. They can get him in. Just tell the slap of Ray's team polo on him. He's the new analytics guy who's, you know, middle-aged Floridian <laughs> with a with a leather skin and, and leather lungs. That that I'd be all for. Well, I'm a little concerned about him now that you, you mentioned it. I mean, they're all going to the beaches. And he is. I mean, you say middle aged, but I have news for you that uh, that, that that's us. <laughs> I oh, think man. he's a little older than we are. He is. He is, and we are. Oh, so man. so he's a he's in an at risk group, perhaps. And uh, God, you wouldn't want anything to happen to that guy or anyone, frankly. Then let him die doing what he loved, insulting <laughs> baseball players in a cavernous, empty space where the sound <laughs> reverberates around the concrete and ray tank. And uh, I think I'd be okay. I think, again, that's like a, it's like when they honor a former, you know, someone who's a former uh, Mountie or police and they drive the fire, the fire trucks and the ambulances by letting this guy go out in this way is, 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 would be his own, his own fond farewell, his own, his own, his own (laughs) 21 gun salute as it just bounces. I I like how we're, I mean, he, he's now, he's now at death's door, apparently. Uh, which, you know, that hypothetical is probably worth as much as any of our other hypotheticals or any of the other ones that, you know, are being floated to, to, to various, uh, uh, to Trevor Plouffe and whoever else. Trevor Plouffe, the, uh, the inside track. Trevor Plouffe has got the, uh, he's got the hookups. Uh, Luffy, as I assume they call him. Tre- <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We, we talked a little bit about the Korean baseball. We talked about this. I mean, I, again, I, it's I just can't get my head around the idea of of it happening much more. I mean, there's still so much stuff that's going on. We're remembering guys. Oh, we could talk a little bit about one thing. I, we should talk about. Oh man, did you see the trailer today for the E60 on uh, Roy Halladay? Oh no, I did not see the trailer for that. Oh boy, it you remembering looks, some guys. No, no, more like remembering some pills. It does not look oh. fun. It looks. Um, really unsparing, and so I think I, I obviously will watch it to get like given even half an opportunity. I'll, I'll, I will watch it. Um, looks like they did lots of interviews with Brandy Halliday, talked about the stuff, the side of Roy Halliday that nobody knew. So it's called Imperfect. Um, I shared the trailer. The E60 Ugh. thing shared the trailer out today, um, and she just talks about so much of the some of the stuff that that he his his everyday battle, his mental health battle, his physical health battle, and and what. What, how those two things kind of came together, especially later on in his career and then after his career, as we spoke of a few weeks ago with the toxicology reports and some of the, 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 um, 
the the kind of cocktail of 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 drugs and and uh, and prescription medicines that was in his system. Um, this looks like it's going to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit further on that. Uh, there was a clip. How, how much further does that curtain go? There's a clip in the, release, in, there's a clip the, in the tra- curtain. Jesus Christ. There's a clip in the trailer where the whoever, the off-screen narrator, asks Brandy Halliday, do you think he was an addict? And she says, after like a long pause, yes. So it's not going to be a, a pleasant watch. But at the same time, it's I think it's it seems like it's going to be uh, done in a tasteful way. And it's done to set that whole thing up, which is a, which is comes right back to the same mental health conversation that we've had a thousand times and 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 that you you never know you don't know who's struggling you don't know who's hurting you don't know um uh you know when people have different abilities and and coping mechanisms or they you we we as the, you and I sitting here talking about this or even the, the reporters that covered them that were in the locker room every day you just don't know you see a you see a person you think you know them you don't know so um, if you haven't checked out that trailer yet, uh, it's going to air, I believe, on May 29th on uh, ESP on the United States. I'm sure they'll find a way to get it up here in uh, in Canada. Um, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a difficult thing to watch, but I think it's an important one to watch as well. And I, I will say one thing as a, as an antidote to that, or as a, as a counterpoint, it looks like Sportsnet's running like Best of Doc this week. They're going to show some old holiday starts, which is really cool um, because uh, that's how so many of us will remember him. But I think this is an important. An important chapter, an important look at um, a guy we th- we thought we knew, or a guy we kind of like projected what we wanted him to be onto this big stoic dude who was really um, going through a lot. He was going through it, so yeah, that's yeah, a real up- upbeat no, note. I, yeah, I you know I don't know. Maybe I maybe maybe I will regret uh, my mindset on this at the at this particular moment. But I'm just kind of like I don't know. Okay, I, we. We got that lesson through that conversation. I know it's. I don't want to be glib about mental health issues, obviously, but I just worry about where, it, you know, the, where it draws, where it becomes just salacious and exploitative of of this. You know, it's obviously, it's obviously that a story that's sort of built for, uh, for tabloidish discussion because of because of exactly what you're saying and it's a guy who we you know nobody expected had the, this going on and and obviously the mental health aspect of it is very important but some sometimes during that conversation when we were talking about what it might you know what a, what, what a tough watch it's going to be i'm sometimes like yeah maybe we just don't have to do this true like, that's very true you know there are there are, there are many ways to 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 be positive about folks mental health and, and make sure that message gets across. I don't know if it has to be wallowing in the misery every, of every, a every time widow. somebody wants every time somebody wants to put our eyeballs on on this horrible story. I don't know, but like I say, I don't want to be glib about the, the, the mental health stuff in, in the slightest. No, I, I get you. So, I get where you're coming this from. Is, I this, hope. Is, this, this is this is Maybe it's too know. much. Maybe it's too much. But again the fa- like the the family's involved. So it's not like it's doesn't appear to be tales told out of school. Um, no, but it's also you know, it's also re- the, the the reality TV kind of. Uh, I, I'm thinking of like Tiger King, where it's which, are you, which is <laughs> constantly. This is, <laughs> but no, where where it's where it's just like I don't know. It's just like the here's the thing that's put on display and pe- it, it's getting people talking and mm-hmm. it, it's it's you know. But when you sort of start to to drill down into like what uh, what's really going on with the what the conversation is really about and like are we you know what are we just are we just laughing at these people you know is 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 there a bigger meaning to it is there so is I mean I don't think there's a bigger meaning to Tiger King but it but for something that has assumed a sort of cultural place and where oh yes oh of course I must be able to 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 converse with my my you know digital coworkers about Tiger King or whatever. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of like, oh, these people are all fucking horrible, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know that I need to see it. Uh, you kind of get caught up in. No, it's true. Just because it's not like a freak that, show, it doesn't is. mean it's not still a bit of a human zoo aspect. I think. I, yeah, where, exactly. Where you're coming from. Thank which, you for which, putting the right words in my <laughs> mouth. Yes, because it's yeah. Uh, no, fair. No, that's, that's fair that's enough. Perfect. Uh, maybe a bit of a pal- palate cleanser as in. Uh, there's been a lot of talk like, hey, you got a KBO team. Who do you have a KBO team that you support? Are you ready to like throw your not. weight behind a behind the a KBO club? 
I mean, everybody's supposed to like the 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 NC Dinos, right? I mean, Eric Thames' old team. They are number two on the power rankings. I, I actually tweeted this oh, out yes, this week. Oh, yes, you're a Doosan Bears guy. Doosan Bears. Doosan Bears forever. Yeah. Um, because I went to a bunch of Doosan Bears games in uh, 2003. So, yeah, see, uh, that's, that's how fandom works. That's why you should make your tickets cheaper, Toronto Blue Jays. Make your right tickets there. cheaper. And uh, ho- also, you have to, uh, it's a share, a ground share as well. They share the ground with the, with the hated LG Twins. Um, but oh. so, uh, yeah, you got, you got, uh, Doosan Bears, you got, uh, the NC Dinos, which are like kind of an expansion team. They since added another team, but you know, when Thames joined, they hadn't been around for too long. Uh, a lot of people love the Giants, the Latte Giants, who, which could, because there's a lot to love. Their logo is hilarious. Uh, they play in Busan, which is a beautiful city. And they had their old uniforms were like Expos ripoffs that say Latte across the front. Amazing. Incredible. I feel I've seen that. Yeah. Super cool. Um, so, but old uniforms, not current. Uniforms. No, not current uniforms. I guess it's one that people are always like pining for them to bring back. But now it's more of a, I guess it's more of like a you know, like a San Francisco Giants kind of vibe a little bit. And the the Expos, I forget what I read this week that was about. So it's, the Expos uniforms were just designed by Charles Bronfman or yeah. something like that. Like like it was just like well fuck it fuck playing design people here you go blue pajamas. Fucking nailed it. Yeah. Cool ass blue pajamas. <laughs> the the expos are like the the velvet underground at this point, where it's like they they only sold five records, but every single one of those people went off and started a new band. Like that's kind of the expos vibe right now. Uh, oh, and I, one thing I see a headline here that's they're in Taiwan with the Chinese uh, Professional Baseball League. They are talking about letting fans enter in uh, in Taiwan, which is wild. Again, Taiwan has has largely um avoided and has like a really really low um case count for for COVID-19 to their um to the credit of their social safety net or uh, a million other factors um so if they're ready to have people come in and watch the games that's that's encouraging as long as you know we get 1,000 miles from where we are now to that point mm-hmm. but anyway that's it that's that's our that's our uh that's our pan pan Asian baseball wrap Taking a quick swing <laughs> around the Pacific Rim as we uh, talk about baseball over there. I don't know. Yeah, do some bears for life. Uh, but I think that's it. You got anything else? No, I think that you're good. Uh, I am. I am good. I have a. Maybe by the time this piece is up, I'll have. Uh, uh, Jamie Newberg did a thing that I ripped off, which was uh, he went through every uh, team in the league and picked out the best and worst. Uh, trades that the Rangers have made with them. I did the same for the Blue Jays. Oh, cool. Uh, I turned it into two pieces because I didn't want to make someone edit like 8,000 words uh, in one go. Mm-hmm. So the, I think, I don't know if it's the worst or the best that's going to be up on Friday, but uh, uh, either way, there are some. Uh, <laughs> well, one will mention Gord Ash a lot, and the other will not. You can take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> the one that maybe the trade with the Texas Rangers, for example. <laughs> Uh, for example, I want to send a shout out to you. And if you haven't already read Stoughton's piece about uh, the who you got, I don't know if that's the exact, that's not the exact title, but the uh, yeah, who would you rather who have? Who would you rather have? Alice Anthopoulos or Mark Shapiro? I think you were really fair. I think that you made a thorough a case for each and uh, it, you generate a lot of conversation about it, which is, which is always good to see. I know that that keeps the uh, blood flowing through your veins. So it's good to know that, uh, that people are talking <laughs> about it and, uh, it's a cool piece. I really thought it was cool. I think you you probably arrived at the right one. Um, I think you were fair. I think you were fair to. <laughs> I know where my bread's buttered. You know. Yeah, yeah. but you were. I think you were fair to, to Shapiro as well. I don't like again. It, it would be so easy. Well, to just I knew pile he was going to fucking read it. So. <laughs> well, he he also wrote it. So what's the fucking difference? Uh, the heel turn. But no, there. I try, I tried to be fair to Shapiro, but uh, but yeah, I you know, I I said what I said, and I I I will stand by it. Um, yeah, I, I had fun with it. I, I, people seem to have been responding really well to it, so uh, I am happy with that. And uh, yeah, it's not it's not maybe what you think. Hopefully, uh, hopefully people click on it and and get something out of it. You just uh, it, it you know as I said earlier, it's like I'm a fucking historian now, so I'm just <laughs> going through old shit and and uh, you'll you'll learn you'll learn things about. Uh, it's not often you get to link to sports on Earth on a regular day, but here we are. Oh hell yeah! Um, or the I really I really enjoyed the one that was don't like don't hate Mark Shapiro from Cleveland Magazine in two thousand two. <laughs> it's just like whoa, and that he's just saying all the same stuff he says now. And yeah, uh, no, I, well now when I, I say like, no, he's a yeah. 
No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, when I say you were fair to Shapiro, I think that I'm underselling it. I think you made a strong case for Shapiro. You made the case for Shapiro, the case for Anthopolis, and they're both compelling. And it's absolutely something that is worth, uh, that's, that's a great read. I think, I hope, uh, if you haven't read it already, head over to The Athletic and read it. If you don't subscribe, let me tell you, theathletic.com slash birds all day gets you 40% off. Boom. There you uh, go. Yeah. yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely worked for like three days on the Shapiro side of it because i'm like i don't want to i i kind of did it I, I you know given a bit of a window into the process i guess here but like <laughs> i kind of was like i, I kind of wrote a bunch of it and you know the times that we're living in uh work and not work content tend to blend sometimes and i in particular in my job if i have if i'm like four days off from a deadline i'll like start drinking a glass of wine and and keep typing and do you know doing whatever and uh I just remember I woke up like the next day after I did some work and like there was just like in this notepad file that I was keeping my notes and like some, you know, started paragraphs and it was just like, do a better job of defending him, asshole. (laughs) I typed in all caps. I'm like, okay, all right. All right. Gonna have to, gonna have to go back to square one here a little bit. That's funny. Uh, So, so it, it, you know, I felt it worked itself out well, but the. I knew I was going to have to choose Anthopolis. I, it would, if I told you what's really in my heart, there is nothing in my heart, I guess. Uh, everybody knows. <laughs> I think we knew that. So, yeah, that, that part was. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, but I did, I did feel I wasn't ready to take the heat that would come with choosing Shapiro. And also, I don't, I, I don't think I would choose Shapiro, frankly, for the precise reasons that I, that I said in the piece. Fair enough. Thank you. But anyway. That's enough. We've gone on along. You stuck with us for an hour and you get insight into how Stoughton's mind works and how wine works also as well, all at the same time. Uh, but his name is Andrew Stoughton. My name is Drew Fairservice and we will talk to you next time on Birds All Day. Birds All Day.